Mind Your Subconscious is the podcast that provides you with techniques and knowledge about your subconscious mind, the part of your brain that lets you control your ego and create an extraordinary reality with your thoughts. We invite meditation, hypnosis, NLP, EFT, and other experts to help you master the most powerful part of your brain. Your host is Jennifer Schlüter, who quit her job as managing editor of 22 newspapers to travel the world and work online just after one hypnosis session. A nomad ever since 2016, Jennifer is now a certified hypnotist and helps people transform their dreams into reality. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mind Your Subconscious. Today I'm talking to Dorit who is a feminine health coach and we're talking mostly about periods. We also talk about the four phases of our cycles, what we need to feed our bodies during these phases and how workdays are designed for men rather than for women as well as men's bodies responding to the sun and many other interesting stuff. So it's an episode not only for women, also for men. Give it a listen and enjoy and have a great rest of your week. Hello everybody, today we're here with Dorit and Dorit please introduce yourself and let us know what it is that you're doing. Yeah, thank you so much, Jennifer, for having me. So like you said, my name is Dorit um, Palvanov, my last name. I am a, a wife. I am a mom. I have three daughters. And what I do is I work with um, women who are doing really good in business. So executives, entrepreneurs, women who are killing it at work, but are really struggling with their relationships and their health. And the, the interesting thing is when I started working with these women, it seemed like, you know, life is good. <laughs> A lot of them would say like, I didn't know why I'm suffering, why I'm struggling so much. My life is really good. I have really nothing to complain about. And then when they, when, you know, when they look closer, then they see that the way they have structured their um, the work that they are doing in the world, you know, um, they're being a lot of the time mostly operating. They've been operating mostly out of their masculine energy, so constantly go 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 achieving. Like my clients are high achievers. They they want more and they want a lot of it and they want it all all at once. And not that there is anything wrong with it. It's just that in that process, what happens is that the cost, uh, a lot of them are, are actually ending up sac sacrificing their relationships. So whether it's their marriage or um, you know, inside of their home or outside of the home uh, or their parenting that is you know, suffering. And the other piece of it is their health. So a lot of these women are really struggling with like hormonal, hormonal imbalances, thyroid conditions, pain, uh, period pain, just chronic pain in their body. And they just ignore it for years and years and years until it just, you know, the body is just screams for their attention. And so that is the work that I do. My work is really about giving women the, the, the education and the tools um, 
to really take care of themselves, but in a way that is sustainable, in a way that helps them to incorporate rest and rejuvenation and restoration as part of self-care and not in a way that seems luxurious, but actually in a way that is a necessity. So that's- gotcha. So what would you call yourself or what do you call yourself? Yeah, it's a good question. So <laughs> I have actually just finished working with a business coach who helped me to really like understand what it is that I do. So I used to call myself, I I am trained as a registered holistic nutritionist. And then my, my scope of practice expanded into health coaching. And I'm also, um, I guess you can call me an energy, um, female feminine energy expert. So it's all of those things um, mixed together, but mostly it's health coaching. It's helping women to realign their body so that they feel the best, you know, uh, in terms of their energy so that they can actually uh, bring that into their work, into their parenting, into their relationships and into just being an, an amazing human being in the world. Awesome. Amazing. That sounds great. So please tell our listeners, what do feminine and masculine energy have to do with the subconscious? Yes. Oh, that's an interesting question. So, okay, let's define feminine and masculine energy yes, first. Yes, let's do that first. So, okay. So, I mean, it's a big topic and I'm, I'm really going, not going to give it justice in, you know, the couple of minutes that we have, but just to give people an idea of what I mean by feminine, masculine energies. So this idea of uh, these two polar opposing energies I think it was first coined, at least I have learned, I've learned it first from uh, Dr. Uh, Allison. Um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking out on her name. Uh, she's, she was, she's the author of The Queen's Code, the book, The Queen's Code. Um, and she talks about feminine and masculine energy as being in the mindset of operating, of doing, of 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 uh, achieving things right it's a very um it's it's an energy of um engaging engaging with life and the world right whether it is with your relationships with with your work with your kids with whatever it is that you are you know involved in the energy of doing the energy of taking action is mostly masculine Versus the energy, the feminine energy, feminine energy, it's more leaning in. It's more being receptive. It's more being open. It's more being in the energy of accepting. It's not so action oriented. It is more trusting. It is more accepting. It is more, it's, it's, it's very deep and, and it knows and it's, it's, um, it's hugely, um, affected by our ability to trust ourselves, to trust ourselves and just trust life in, in general. So if you're thinking about, and we can, of course, we can expand more and more on, on, on those two, uh, you know, polar energies, but from my perspective and where I use feminine energy mostly is bringing that into your, um, how you are designing your life, right? Because 
working with these women, what happens very often is this, is that they're constantly on the go. They're constantly doing and achieving something and they're constantly engaged in something. So much so that they, they're very rarely um, slow down, stop, and you know, just think about what am I doing? Where am I going? And is this life even sustainable? right? Is this life even sustainable? Meaning, is it, is it going to last? Is it going to allow me to, to, to be a healthy person long-term, right? Is it, a, is it going to allow me to, you know, be present for my kids? Is it going to allow me to be, you know, the mom that I want to be, the wife that I want to be? Is it going to allow me to have deep, nourishing conversations with the people that I love, right? And so many times what happens is, and I see this all the time, is because we are not taught to pay attention to ourselves and to our body, many times, very often, women end up being kind of um, forced to stop. So the body either, you know, just collapses, women have chronic fatigues, um, debilitating pain. Um, Yesterday, I just attended an event and there was a lady there who was speaking about, and she was like young, I think she's like 22, 23, and she already was in that state of constantly hustling, 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 so much so, so she was working from 6 a.m. until 11 p.m. at night, and one of those days, she, she, at work, she bumped into a class door, and it was so big that she, she was complete, like her half of her body got paralyzed by that. And so it was so big that that's how tired and un, unengaged with, you know, with herself she was, that's how disconnected she was from her body. And so this is, you know, these are the kind of women that I work with. It's the women who don't know how to stop. It's the women who are constantly running, running somewhere. And these are the women who I think thinking about the subconscious, um, subconsciously, there is a very deep fear of trust. I think, you know, in my opinion, that's what is happening. It's, it's this fear of if I slow down, if I really um, look at myself, but for real, um, I'm afraid of what I'm going to see, right? So it's, it's, it's this deep fear of the person who I really am is nothing like the person or the image that I am or the, 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 the role that I'm playing out in the, in the world. And that is scary as shit. To many many women does it make sense i'm happy to elaborate more no absolutely it makes sense awesome so yeah that's my answer <clears throat> okay so i have a question now <clears throat> do you work with uh, women of one age group or is it several age groups mostly i work with women who are already mothers and that usually brings you know in, if you're talking about age it would be 35 to 40, but I've recently uh, connected and worked with and supported a woman who was younger and who is actually not a mom. And so it's, it's, it's very interesting to see how, um, how women are perceiving um, themselves and, and their relationships with their body 
Uh, and I'm learning always myself as well, right? So I personally, I, I am a woman. I'm 36 years old. I have three girls, but my daughters are growing and I see them also, you know, um, living in the masculine very often because I think the, the society and the culture that they're growing in, it's the culture that mostly encourages living off of, you know, it's the, the we, we encourage girls to achieve and have more and pursue, right? And that's great. It's just that I feel like it's not balanced. We are not taught to be in the feminine. We're not taught to embrace. We're not taught to rest. Rest is perceived as laziness. Rest is perceived as a luxury. You know, how dare you? And there's a lot of shame and a lot of guilt that we feel that we feel when we decide to rest and when we decide to take a time off. And it's, um, it's complex. It's complex, especially for women, because we have ovaries. Our hormonal system is so intricate. And our cycle, it, we are very much in tune with the moon. And the moon um, cycles over 29 and a half days. So our menstrual cycle is really our best health coach. And so if we ignore our cyclical nature, very often we end up, you know, burning out. And so one of the best tools that I give my clients is to understand how their menstrual cycle, how their body, how their biology works, and then how the, the, the menstrual cycle works. I talk about the four phases in the menstrual cycle and how, you know, how you eat and how you move your body and how you socialize, how your energy changes throughout the, the entire time. And so that is how we as women learn to move through life in a way that helps us to restore in a way that helps us to feel joy in a way that helps us to feel confident, energized, and also passionate, right? Uh, so many of my clients struggle with the low libido because who has time for sex when your body is constantly in fight or flight? Like your body doesn't understand that you have a project that you need to submit for work. Your body thinks that you are in danger and that a tiger is running after you. And when that happens, you don't have any desire. You're not going to have any desire for connection and, or intimacy because, you know, you need the, your body thinks that you are in danger. So it's going to make you feel like, you know, you, you need to run, you need to go some, you need to flee. Um, and so it affects, it, it's, it's related directly with our ability to, just enjoy this beautiful life that we have, right? Yeah, let's get into these two, uh, two things a little bit more closely. So maybe you have some tips for the women who are listening, um, how they can increase their libido if they have so much on their plate, if they have so much to do, and if they're high achievers, how can they get that to a point where it's... Um, it's just good and, and they still have a sex life and everything is still, you know, it, it's intact with their partners as well. Yeah. Okay. So first, before I answer this question, I have to introduce the four phases because that is how everything is connected. 
Okay, so, then, then um, let's get into yes. those, but please also let us know, like, you know, with, with PMS, what can we do, for example, to lessen it, to make it less worse um, if we're in the four cycles anyway? So let's get into yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We can talk about that right after. So, okay, so the first, the fourth, four phases of your menstrual cycle are, uh, and that, by the way, that is, that is going to be super helpful for women who have a regular cycle. If, however, your cycle is irregular, that is in and of itself a huge signal from the body, from you, that something is off. Because, uh, you know, a normal cycle, a, a normal healthy woman should have a regular cycle. Now, 28 days is not, you know, don't, don't get so... so um, attached to 28. It can be 28. It can be 30. It can be 35. It can be 24. It doesn't matter. As long as this is consistent, it's considered to be regular. Okay. So the, the, the men, your menstrual cycle is divided into four phases. The first phase would be, it's called the follicular phase. So that would be roughly about five. Let's, you know, I divide them roughly into week each. So if you're looking at a month, the month is going to be divided into four weeks. Each week is going to be, you know, a different phase. So the follicular phase is the, is the it's, it's also called, it's, it's going to be the week right after menstruation. So if you think about energy, that's the energy of emergence. So when we menstruate, a lot of us feel tired, like we just don't want to engage um, we don't feel like putting our makeup on most of, I mean, I know myself, I would, I like to put my hair in a bun and, you know, like wear my husband's clothes <laughs> and just, it's like, I don't know. I sometimes feel like a zombie. I need, I need, uh, um, you know, a nap during the day. Um, and I need, you know, a cold drink. So energetically speaking, that's the energy of really slowing down. And right after that, after you're emerging from that, your energy is going to start picking up. Now, what is happening biologically, like physically? Your hormones are changing. So your estrogen and progesterone are starting to surge back up, which is basic, which, you know, energetically speaking, you're going to get your energy back. And so that is a great time for you know, trying new things. I'll, I often call this phase, um, basically like your teenager is being, you know, the teenager in you is being reawakened. So, you know how as teenagers we did, I, I think in my life, at least that was the time that I, I, I have taken the most, you know, bold and, and risk, you know, risk in my life, maybe. <laughs> um, and, and it's, but it's also the time when I've done the most like the stupidest things so that is kind of like the phase this is a phase to try new things to um to experiment with new ideas whatever you know if you're if they're related to uh your business or to whatever it is that you're creating this is a great time to you know to do that to to get the 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 energy to pick up on that energy that that happens during this time of the month then a week later, you're getting into the phase of ovulation. Now, the ovulatory phase is the phase when your body is basically primed for conception. So if you think about it, 
Uh, and if you're not using any you know, hormonal birth controls that interfere with that, that is when you're going to feel the most magnetic to your partner. Uh, that's the time when, you know, a lot of the, a lot of women tell me that actually their partners know when she's ovulating because, you know, it's, you can see how, how the energy changes. All of a sudden you're more, you're flirtier, you're happier, you smile more, you know, your body just, you know, changes you all of a sudden you want to wear your, you know, your, your earrings and you want to put your hair in a, you know, in a nicer way. Uh, you put your hair down and you might be wearing more skirts and more like, you know, flattering, um, feminine clothes. And so that is the energy of this, uh, of ovulation. And then it's um, the energy, and then the energy shifts after ovulation. Ovulation actually, it's the shortest time of the cycle. It's about if you're stretching it, it's about five days. So if you're thinking about it biologically, you can conceive only five days of the month. That's when you know this, this can really happen, and the rest of the time, the chances are very low. Um, so right after ovulation we are getting into the phase you asked about. We are getting into the phase of PMS, when the, the phase when most women experience, experience debilitating pain, PMS, um, and just really um, cramps, and, and it's very, very uncomfortable for women. That is the phase, the luteal phase. And that, energetically speaking, um, that would be, in alignment with uh, so if, if each one of the phases you can correlate with the seasons the follicular phase would be the 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 spring the ovulatory phase would be like the summer and the, the luteal phase would be like your autumn or fall so if you think about it you know in terms of what happens you know with the weather it's like it's stormy it's windy it's you know it's raining and it's um gloomy outside so very often, that's how we feel in our body also. We are snappier, we are short-tempered, um, we are hungrier. We tend to really, if, you know, if we have some habits around food and you know, we want to eat healthy, quote-unquote healthy, um, then many times women would slip off the, you know, the healthy train in that phase. And it's because your estrogen levels are dropping, your progesterone is going to be really, really high. So that shift, you know, this indiscrepancy in between the two hormones, they create that, that feeling, you know, that kind of energy, that kind of emotion and, and feeling in the body. So first we need to understand why it happens. And then to answer your question, how can I prevent my, you know, PMS? Um, then I would answer it by really tapping into different nutrients for if each one of the phases. So each one of the phases, because, uh, you know, we need to remember as women, it's that we are not only feeding our body, what we're actually feeding is our hormones. So when we understand the, the different surges and the different changes that happen hormonally, and the different nutrients that the body requires, then we can take action and feed ourselves the nutrients that our body needs in each one of the phases in order to eliminate those, um, you know, those sensations and the pain and the suffering that happens, you know, 
depending when it happens. So if it's if it happens during the 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 luteal phase, then that is the time when I advise my clients to eat mostly food that is it's cooked, not heavily cooked, but food that is cooked. So stay away from raw vegetables, raw salads, green smoothies, green vegetables, like because the body doesn't need vitamins so much as it needs minerals. Because remember, the body is getting ready to excrete that uterine, uterine lining, right? And so what you need is food that are going food that is going to be high in its mineral content. So food that is high in zinc, which by the way, that's why a lot of women crave chocolate during this phase, right? So you need food that is high in zinc, food that is high in in minerals and, and in, 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 um, in magnesium and in, in calcium and a lot of food that is going to nourish you on a deeper level. So foods like, I'm just gonna give you some examples, maybe soups, maybe um, lightly sauteed uh, vegetables, um, sweet potato, um, you know, either baked or cooked. Um, but these are the kind of foods that you have to start eating during the phase, the luteal phase, so that your body is, is, um, is getting the nutrients that it requires to help you, you know, eliminate those symptoms. And um, I know that your listeners are probably thinking, okay, so I'm going to do that. And they still going to have the symptoms. And it's because it takes time. It takes time, but please don't give up on yourself and allow your body time to recalibrate. It took however years um, to get to this point, you know, of not understanding yourself and kind of mistreating yourself. Now, I'm not saying it's going to take the same amount of time to, you know, to rewind that, but it's going to take, you know, a couple of cycles in order to really see results, right? And it's not only with food, it's really realigning, realigning yourself in terms of your energy, in terms of how you socialize, in terms of how you move your body. So for example, in the luteal phase, it's the time when you can still do like high intensity. I would, I would advise women to stick more to like weightlifting, you know, so deeper things as opposed to cardio. Cardio is great during the follicular, the follicular and the ovulatory phases, but during your menstrual, your your luteal phase, what would happen is you you will almost instantly there's going to be a day. It's called a crossover day between the ovulatory phase into the luteal, when you just feel how your energy is dropped, and that is a sign that your estrogen is going down and your progesterone you know is coming up is going up and you will you would feel like you just want to skip that zumba class you you just feel you would feel like you just don't want to exercise and so what i'm saying is lean into that don't push yourself too hard because it's not necessary if you push yourself too hard and then so with exercise you push yourself and then you eat the wrong kind of foods and then you also push yourself with work eventually the result of that is going to be burnout you know you're not you know something is going to happen like in this you know in this in the case uh, that i shared with this young woman that her body just force her to slow down, force her to look deeper into like how she's living because that kind of living is not nourishing. It's not 
living that helps you to feel joy. And especially when you, this becomes really crucial when you become a mom, when you become someone who is the who's taking care of others, right? When you're on your own, it's not some such big of a deal. But when you become responsible and you have you become you begin having dependence, then it becomes really crucial. Really, really crucial. So you know for those of you who are still you know not in a you know that don't yet have a family please understand that the, the sooner you learn to take care of yourself, the earlier you'll be able to, you know, to live a life of flow as opposed to a life of struggle and harsh and, and hustle. Um, so does that answer your question? Absolutely. And now I want to get into things we can do for our subconscious during those phases, because I realize if I keep my, energy good and if i keep positive and everything i don't have a lot of pms and it's really like lowering so i wonder what can we do for our minds when it comes to the phases and how can we feel not as depressed and anxious and like ah, the whole world is collapsing um what can we right. do for the health of our minds right so you're asking about the health of the brain so that's a great question so we're going back to nutrition so really the brain it requires, um, it's, it's made up of 60% fat. So it's really important for us women to understand that we need a lot of healthy fat in our diet. So coconut oil, avocado, avocado oil, uh, things like MCT oil, um, nuts and seeds, that, you know, f healthy, um, organically sourced fish, um, even, you know, animal pro protein, uh, eggs, that kind of, that sort of thing. We need to eat to be able to provide the body with, you know, good quality, healthy fat. That's on, that on the physical plane. On a subconscious, um, spiritual plane, what I recommend for women is a practice that is called the MCA. So this is called menstrual cycle awareness. And that is basically... So the four phases that we just talked about, it's basically practicing, um, it's, it's the practice of menstruality. It's, it's really keeping that practice in mind, um, tracking your cycle, journaling about, you know, every day and how each day feels. First, really getting the awareness of how you are feeling and doing and being each day of, the, of your cycle. So so day one would be the first day of your cycle all the way until the next, the next period. So day one, day two, day, day three, and so on and so forth and so forth. Day 14, roughly, depending on how, you know, how short or long your, your, your period is, day 14 is roughly would be the time of, um, of uh, ovulation. Um, so it's going to be around a half cycle, mid cycle. And so just start practicing and start writing and journaling how, you know, today is day 14 and I feel, I feel alive. I feel more joyful. I feel more, I feel more in my body. And, and so just the awareness of that is going to plant the seed for manifesting, for really bringing into your life, the things that you want to bring. And I think in that sense, 
it's like yoga, right? It's, it's, it's a practice. It's not something you, you do and then you forget about it. It's something that you constantly have to have um, as a self-sustaining, um, as a self-sustaining practice, I guess, I'm going to use this word again, that helps you to feel really connected to who you are. Um, and, and, and for me, that has been the most powerful manifestation tool that, that there is in the world, because I know that, and, and I don't know if you can relate to it, Jennifer, but I was, I was a person before I, especially after, you know, during my first year or second as a mom, my, my brain was really, I think, against me. I'm just now understanding that I've had, maybe not a severe, but I've had postpartum depression. And uh, I, it's not that I felt like I want to kill my child, that, you know, that would be a severe case. But I just, I've had thoughts of really regretting becoming a parent. I just, I, I didn't want anything to do with it. And I constantly felt like, why did I do it to myself? Why did I do it? To myself? It, would, it would have been so much easier without it, right? So I've had these thoughts constantly. And when I understood that these thoughts emerged, especially during my luteal phase, so that PMS phase, I understood that that's when they happened. Because it wasn't that I, it's, it's not like I was depressed all, all month. It just happened sometimes of the month. And then I started to just piecing the, the puzzle pieces together. And I've realized that it's not me. It's just that my hormones are changing. It's just that I'm not eating. I'm not feeding myself correctly. It's just that I'm not moving my body in alignment with that. And as a result, I feel, I feel bad. I constantly felt like, what's wrong with me? What, you know, why, why can't I just be a nice person? And that on its own, you know, doing that again, cycle after cycle, had led me to a place where I no longer have that negative narrative with myself, right? So in a way, this is how I work with my subconscious. It's the awareness, it's the practice, and it's really this deep connection that I now have with myself that allows me to view my life more as a creator as opposed to you know, react to life or be more in the victim mentality. And also accepting that we do have this menstrual cycle and we do have these emotions and we do have different phases. And I think accepting is the first step, obviously, to really use it for the best and to also become okay with it and, and just to not be bothered by it so much. Um, so yeah, let's get now into the libido of women who are doing way too much apparently and who don't have time for sex anymore, or for, maybe they don't want it anymore. So what can they do to change that? Okay. So the ba the first things, you know, if it was my clients, then the first things that I would do with them is first, I would teach them about the, the you know, the menstrual cycle, the four phases, and then I would get them to start eating in alignment with the cycle. So nurturing themselves based on, you know, the different phases and then to move their body in alignment with that. And then to socialize in alignment with that. Like it's, it's a whole philosophy that really it's, it's life changing. 
It's a completely different lifestyle. And you really have to remember that our menstrual cycle is our monthly report card, right? The way we bleed, it's, it's, it's basically how did you do? How did you do with your nutrition? How did you do with your movement? How did you do with your, your mindset and your subconscious and all of that, right? It's going to be um, signaled in, in your menses, right? So I think in, in a way um, that I teach my clients to pay attention to their pee and to their uh, bowel movements, the same way I teach my clients to pay attention to their menses. So if there is, you know, if there are too many clots, if it's, you know, if it doesn't smell right, if it's too heavy or, you know, not heavy enough, um, those are signals. And by the way, there is a great book that I recommend. It's called The Fifth Vital Sign written by Lisa Hendrickson Jacks. I'm actually going to have her as a guest next month on my podcast. And she talks about really using the signs of your menses as and how to interpret them, right? How to really take the, the necessary action in order to take care of yourself. So that's one. So the first thing that I would do, and of course, from what it sounds, it, it, it's going to take time. It's going to take a few cycles, which is why when I work with a client, I work with her over a period of six months because I need at least six cycles to show, her, to show you that, you know, how it changes, right? And I'm going to be, and I'm, I'm there as an accountability partner to, you know, to guide her, to guide you or her to, you know, where you are at and how to pay attention to different things that are happening. That's going to be the first thing that I would do. And then in many cases, Jennifer, you wouldn't believe this, but honestly, I don't have to do anything else. It just resolves because your body is, your body is your best health coach. When you give it what it needs, when it restores the way it should, and when you really listen to it and you nourish it and you feed it the right way and you move it, you know, the way it needs to move and you really take care of your brain and your mindset and your consciousness and, and you really take care of yourself on all le uh, levels, then when it's time to, you know, to feel sexy, so that would be for most women around the follicular phase into going into ovulation, you just feel it, you just feel it and it just recalibrates for, other, for, for others and it happens not often, but sometimes it happens when um, women still complain that they don't have um, libido or uh, I often also call it um, desire for sex or for intimacy. That is when I would work with her on things like um, her relationship with her body and her relationship to sexuality. So often this would bring up things like childhood trauma and some sexual abuse that either happened to her or she'd, she'd seen growing up. Maybe she, you know, and a lot of the times this would bring her relationship with her mom um, because this is just the way it is, right? And you know this from your, um, for, from your own story. We girls, we daughters usually um, kind of continue or perpetuate, especially if it's not done consciously, 
we just perpetuate and continue the wounding, ancestral wounding that happens in our maternal lineage, right? So from your grandmother to your mom, and then it happens, and then you, and then your kids, and so on and so forth. And so in that sense, um, we are trailblazers. You know, we are the ones who stop this generational patterning from continuing. And that is when I would work with my clients on things like, you know, traumas, sexuality, deeper wounding. I would teach my clients to cultivate, I call this the, 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 the act of um, cultivating self-pleasure. So masturbating, playing with themselves, really like reacquainting herself with her body um, because if you yourself don't know how to enjoy yourself, how to find pleasure in you without anybody else involved, how is it that you're going to enjoy, you know, your body with a partner? So many women, very wrongly so, um, um, what's the word? We kind of expect the men to know what to do, you know, give it to me, baby. <laughs> And we really need to understand that men are, are, and it's regardless from his experience, each woman is so different, right? Every woman is so different. And so even if he had sex with like a hundred of, you know, a hundred of women, which is an, alarm, an, an alarming side, sign on its own, even then it doesn't mean that he knows how to find your clitoris or how to find your G spot, right? These are the things that you need to know with yourself. And then the next level is communicating that with your partner, because then it brings up, you know, the shadow side, like, Oh, now I need to tell him that, you know, to do it this way, to do it slower, to do it faster, to, you know, to, to put more pressure here, to not put more. Yeah. And it's like, and it opens up another can of worms, <laughs> right? Which I think it's a great opportunity because if you don't know yourself as a woman, if you don't know your body, then how can you live your life in a way that is fulfilled and sustainable and, and fun, right? This is, in my opinion, sexuality and play and, and, and really get, getting the best pleasure and joy out of the body. It's the, one of the biggest joys of life. So don't miss out on that. You deserve pleasure. You deserve to feel good, but also own responsibility, own the, own the, own the fact that it is your job to learn the trajectory of your body. Dorit, can you please now, um, for the last question, tell us your three best tips to, for women who are doing it all and who are almost burning out, but who want to do better, who really want to become better women and live, in, live a good life. What would you say they would have to do? Okay, so I'm, I guess I'm just going to kind of... Um, wrap it up and bring it all together. I'm just going to repeat what I already said. <laughs> so tip number one, learn to understand your biology and your body and how you're built as a female. Okay. Because there is a big difference between how you are built and how a male is built. And there is, I see women 
making the mistake. And again, this is not to blame anybody, no judgment. It's just that we are unfortunately not taught. I, this is like, this should be taught in like sex ed classes when we're growing up in high school, right? But there is a difference between how a male and a female um, body rejuvenate and restore. A male's body restores, it also cycles, but their cycle restores every 24 hours because men biology, male biology, responds to the sun. So male biology is mostly driven by the hormone testosterone and testosterone responds to the sun. So when the sun is up, testosterone is up. Sun is going, you know, it, it goes down, testosterone goes down. And that is going to be like, if you think about the, the work day, the nine to five work day is basically designed to accommodate the male's, um, you know, testosterone and restoration system, right? Their biology. Mm. Now here we come, here we live in a time when women also, you know, are encouraged to go to work and to you know to be involved in society but we are also pushed into that um nine to five work day and it doesn't work i mean you know this from your own experience right um it just doesn't work for us women it doesn't because we don't work like that we don't work in this rigid nine to five manner which is and it's a <laughs> i mean it explains so well why so many women leave corporate and start their own businesses. I mean, we are so grateful and fortunate to be able to do that, but it happens as a response to the fact that this is not sustainable for many women. Many women just burn out. So the first thing that I recommend is learn how to understand your female body. You know, if you want some resources to learn on your own, uh, you can pick up the book um, "Women's Wisdom: Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom" by Dr. Christiane Northrup. Um, you can read. Um, oh my gosh, Dr. Christiane Northrup has so many books. Just check her out. She has, I think, she has at least thirty books. Like she's phenomenal in this field. Definitely read the book "The Woman Code" by Alisa Vitti. Um, that would give you a bigger sense into cycle thinking and how to eat in alignment with the cycle. Um, and then uh, in order to learn how to move your body in alignment with the cycle, definitely check out Jen Pike. Uh, and maybe you can include all the links uh, to those resources in the show notes. Um, she created an online program, an online movement program. She was also a guest on my show check her out definitely check her out it was episode 140 uh, where she talked about how to move in alignment with the cycle and um, the energetics to, to understand how your the energy of the cycle works is actually going to uh, check out the book wild power by alexandra pope and uh, shani hugo wurlitzer uh, they're actually going to i've done an interview with them and it's going to be launched this Thursday. So this week, it's going to be episode 142. So there are many, many resources, but the first thing to do is really understand your body. And then two and three would be implementation. It's going to be to eat in alignment with the cycle, right? To, to organize, to begin practicing. You already know which nutrients you need. You already have the recipes. 
now go and get them. You're going to go to the grocery store and you're going to, you know, you're going to start practicing menstruality. So you're going to have, um, you know, your MCA practice, um, menstrual cycle awareness. You're going to know which day of the cycle you are each one of the days, and you're going to eat in alignment with the cycle. And number two, number three, so number two is going to be, sorry, I, I made it all mixed up. First thing is learn your body and, and learn to understand yourself as a female. Number two is start practicing menstrual cycle awareness. And number three is going to be feeding your body. Because at the end of the day, you know, you can, <laughs> you can talk about it all day long. But if you don't really feed yourself the, the right nutrients for each one of the phases, you're not going to see the benefits. You're not going to see how it works. So yes, of, of course, work with the subconscious and do the mindset work and do the inner work. But at the end of the day, in the war between your mind and the body, the body will always win, always. So if you are still addicted to sugar, if you're still addicted to alcohol, if you still have really bad, bad habits that are pulling you down, all the inner work is constantly going to be um, interrupted by, you know, the earthy kind of habits. So these would be my three tips. I like how, how you called them the earthly kind of habits. <laughs> yeah, because, we, yeah. We came on this earth also to enjoy all this crap, basically. <laughs> but I like how you called it. Okay, so now um, tell us what is next for you. For my per personally all in, or in my work? Whichever you choose. <laughs> okay, so thankfully my family life and I've worked so much, so hard, believe me, on you know just making sure that my kids are involved, my husband is, is involved, asking for help and all those things. So personally, I think we're doing good for now. Um, for me, the next step would be with my business. So my next step is really taking my message, you know, further and really sharing it and helping more and more women know about it and educate them about this. So I already have a podcast, but the next thing for me is really practice more, uh, you know, public speaking and sharing my message in front of audiences. And, um, yeah, that's my next, that, that's my, my, um, choice of putting myself outside of my comfort zone for the next for 2020 <laughs> wonderful i love it we always got to do that right <laughs> um so yeah now share with us how our audience can reach you yeah so like i mentioned i have a podcast it's called confident energized and sexy mama show um it's mostly yes it's mostly for mothers but not only i mean even if you don't have kids you will gain so much benefit because we talk all things womanhood women's health you know your period fitness fitness nutrition all things womanhood is covered on the show and of course motherhood as well and psychology and all of this good stuff um i you can find me on my website my website is www.doritpalvanov.com so uh should i spell it out or are you going to include link all of it as well okay perfect and then on facebook you can find me uh, i'm super happy if you're going to uh, if you're going to friend request me, Dorit Palvanov on Instagram, you can find me at Dorit Palvanov Coaching. 
And I think that's it. I think okay. that's it. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom with us. Uh, yeah. Thank pleasure. you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for giving me the space to share my message. Love this episode of Mind Your Subconscious? Subscribe, rate, and leave a review on whichever platform you're listening. It's very much appreciated. Thank you so much. Catch our next episode every Monday.